better? <laughs> Thank you. Now it's even more exciting. <laughs> you can actually hear me. <clears throat> Today is the first Sunday in the season of Epiphany. And the great word for Epiphany is manifestation, which is a double meaning. It means we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ reveals, manifests himself to us and that we accept a responsibility to know him and to serve him and to manifest him to others. We are receiving a manifestation and we are offering a manifestation. But you cannot give what you yourself do not already have. What we have to concentrate on this morning, on this second Sunday in our sermon series on growing in grace, is what we understand about our relationship to the Lord. I'm going to use this document that you were given last Sunday to remind you of that responsibility. I hope some of you brought it back with you from last week, but if you did not, I'd ask you to put your hand up so that the ushers can bring a copy to you because I'd like for you to have it. We use the entire month of January as a time to renew a covenant we're not making a new covenant. We are renewing our covenant that we have already made with our God, our Creator, our Savior, and our Redeemer. And that relationship that we have is a relationship of grace. Now, there are many definitions of grace. And all of us have different ideas when we hear the word grace. But the opening sentence on this document today is a very simple explanation that makes it very clear to us the grace that we're talking about in our relationship to God. Grace, G-R-A-C-E, is simply God's riches at Christ's expense. That grace comes from God. It is freely given. We have not merited it. There is no way we can earn it. God, in his love for us, desires to give it to us. And we need to receive it. We all need God's grace. Scripture very clearly tells us that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. And God, our Father, sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price of our sinful separation from God and restore us to a permanent relationship. And that we refer to as a covenant. A covenant. 
God himself has desired a relationship with you and with me. And the whole history of our salvation, which is recorded in the words of sacred scripture, referred to that relationship that God desires to have with us. And it tells us that all the way back in the beginning, in Genesis, God himself took the initiative and revealed himself to our patriarch Abraham. And he asked Abraham to enter into a relationship with him which would pass down from him to all the people who would follow him. He said, if you will leave the land in which you are now living, turn your back on the gods that you are now worshiping, and worship only me, I will grace you. I will bless you. You will be a blessing to all nations, and you will be blessed by all nations. Now that same basic agreement that God made with Abraham, he desires to make with you and I. He says, you must be prepared to leave the place where you are. Where are you? What, is, what defines the part of your life? What things do you need to change that are separating you from God? You need to become aware of those things. And when you leave those places and turn your back on the false gods that have insinuated themselves into your life and continue to try to do so year after year, then God said he will bless you. He will grace you. And we want to open ourselves up to that blessing of grace. St. Paul said, our struggle in this life to be faithful to that agreement that God wishes to effect with us, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Though there are many flesh and blood people who aggravate us to death and lure us away from our relationship to God, but they're only tools in the hands of the principalities and the powers, the adversary of our God, Satan, who tries to lure us into his camp. And that we have to constantly renew our commitment to that relationship with God. When did you make your covenant with God? It's important that you re remember that. Some of you made that relationship with God, that covenant, as adults, fully conscious of what you were doing. Others of you did this at, when you were children, 
infants in many instances. And it was the responsibility of your family to keep you aware of what you have done and to raise you in that relationship. It was at your baptism that you made your covenant with God. And St. Paul reminds us of that in the first chapter of the letter that was read to you today, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, when he reminded the people of Corinth and through that reminded the people of Somerville and St. Paul's that you were anointed in the rite of baptism and sealed as Christ's own forever. And you were given the Holy Spirit to guide you and to strengthen you and to encourage you. All of us have made a covenant with God. And what we are doing this month is reviewing the terms of that covenant and renewing it, rededicating ourselves during this season of epiphany, during this time of making Jesus manifest to the world, but most important for us, to ourselves, that we understand the importance of that relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And we acknowledge it as being the most important relationship in our life. And that we safeguard it with all that we have. Because that relationship with God is what defines who we are. And as the ancient Greek philosopher said, know yourself. Whatever other knowledge you may seek and attain in this world, the most important knowledge that you gain is who you are and what your relationship is to the God who created you and gave you life and gives you this opportunity to recommit yourself to him. And that's what we want to do on this second Sunday of our series of how we grow in grace. Knowing the reality of who you are. You are not defined by your feelings though you struggle with various feelings all through your life. But how you feel at any given time does not define who you are. You have an intrinsic reality of being in your relationship with God despite how you might feel at any given time. You are not defined by how you feel. You are not defined by the opinions that other people have of you and are more than happy to share with you. But that does not define who you are. 
It may define your relationship to them, but that pales in contrast to your relationship to God. You are not defined by the circumstances of your life that change regularly. That does not define who you are. You are not defined by your successes and you are not defined by your failures. That does not diminish you or elevate you in your relation, your basic relationship to God. You're not defined by the car you drive, by the salary you make, or by the house in which you live. You are defined by God. And that's the only definition that matters. And that's the only definition that you should be concerned about. Your relationship to God in every phase of your life. And that's the one you need to work on. That's the one you need to be aware of. That's the one you need to guard and to assure yourself of its reality. And that relationship is the grace freely given to you by a God who loves you. For to God, you are his child and the heir of eternity by the relationship that you have been invited to make with God. And on this Sunday, we want to look at how we protect that understanding, how we realize the reality of that understanding and how we develop it. You heard a wonderful teaching from Jesus Christ who spoke in the great parable of the planter this morning. And he was talking about his word, his gospel, and your relationship to God is part of that gospel. So he was talking about that relationship that you have to God and the reality of what it means for you. And he gave us a wonderful illustration of what we struggle with all the time. In Jesus' day, agriculture hadn't developed the way that it has today. We don't have the, the chemicals that we can enrich the soil with, and we don't have the tools to prepare the ground. In Jesus' day, when a farmer went out to sow his seed, he used whatever soil he had available to him. Some of it was fallow, some of it was shallow, some of it was rocky, some of it was swampy, and he just broadcast his seed everywhere, hoping it would take root. And he told us the inevitability of what would happen according to how that seed was received and how some never took any root at all and was snatched away 
before it could make any difference in a life. How some took a shallow root but could not sustain itself because it had no encouragement or no assistance and it eventually dried up and died. And how others was just totally and completely disregarded and walked over and crushed by others. But some fell in good soil. And that which fell in good soil took root and grew and produced crop 30, 60, a hundred times more a great and glorious growth. And Jesus said, that's what we need to do. And that's where we need to draw your attention today when we study how is it that we can make this reality of our relationship with God. On the inside of the folder, growing in God's grace, growing in knowledge and love of the Lord includes regular prayer and Bible reading. We've laid it out for you. We've given you all the information that you need. And none of this is new to you. You've heard it many times. But we are very often people who have to hear many times before it sinks in and takes root and begins to grow. And so we sow this seed again today out into the broad seats of this sanctuary and pray that it may take root in the hearts of those who need it the most, which is any of us who are still breathing, have the breath of God within us. Here at St. Paul's, we have ample opportunity in small Bible study groups, in special retreats from time to time, in impact classes, in all sorts of ways in which we come together to study God's Word. A wide variety that's meant to be that way to attract all the different personalities that we have. And yet we always have a number of people who manage to stay on the fringe and never get into a group and never participate and never challenge themselves and never grow simply hang on. We are not called to hang on. We are called to grow and to prosper. And that takes effort on our part. That effort does not save us, but that effort makes us aware of the salvation that God gives us. And it enables us to develop grateful hearts that make us want to embrace that opportunity that God gives us. It says one of the most important ways to do this is in worship. And here we are gathered today in worship. This is not the only place where we worship. Wherever you pause to acknowledge God as your Savior and Redeemer and thank Him for what He has done for Him 
or beg from him what you know only he can provide, you are declaring that he is worthy of your love and you are worshiping. So anytime we acknowledge God, we are worshiping him. But here, in a very intense way, we gather to worship him. And part of the worship that we have as we come together is to remind ourselves of Jesus' words to us that are repeated at this communion table every Sunday that reminded us how Jesus took the element of bread and the element of wine, which were part of an ancient tradition of commemorating Israel's redemption from slavery and, and given the gift of freedom. And Jesus said to his apostles and through his apostles, to you and to me who gather here to hear these words repeated, this bread and this wine is a sign of the new covenant that I give to you in my body and my blood. And as often as you receive it, you worship me, you acknowledge me until I come again to celebrate with each of you in person. So we're called to worship, we're called to study, we're called to make ourselves aware of the relationship of God. And I beg you this Sunday to use this renewal of our covenant with God and dedicate yourself to knowing him and living into that relationship. Jesus also had another plea that came out of today's gospel that's so appropriate for this point. He said, those of you who have ears to hear, listen. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Hear it and allow it to enrich your life. Take root. Grow. 30 times. 60 times. 100 times. It's your choice. Amen.